Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Royfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics, like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Holly and Helen, who went to WOMAD and were inspired by the ancient art of beatboxing. And the podcast is sponsored by Penny Fletcher. Is that true? It is. Well done, Penny. This is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the warming flask of chai, who is Royfield Brown, and I'm here today with the manky bottle of Melbeck wine, who is... Who is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguin in Brittany, France. On this episode, we have a cornucopia of colorinaries. We'll Ooh. hear from Fran- Francesca. From Cardiff. And that call arrived too late for last week's show. We're going to squeeze it in this week. Bernadette, who found Kirsty very forward and is pleased for her. And Marie in Winchester, who is loving the Jim and Justin show. Claire from Clapham, who is trying to work out what Justin is up to. Miss Christmas, who doesn't want to spend any energy on Lee. 
Glenn, Mr. Fuller Love, who has wise things to say about Lee's problems. Globetrotting Richard, who hears the anguish in Lee's voice. Our Witherspoon, who agrees with Royfield. Jen, who questions Helen's capabilities to be a fair stepmom. And finally, Debbie, a first-time cholerina who tells me I need to try harder. Absolutely you do, Berto. Anyway, I'll leave you pair to duke that out later on in the podcast. Plus, folks, we have Tweet of the Week from our purple company. Yay for Theo. And we have the social media roundup from our Katie. She's put behind her Instagram duties this week and she's on the podcast. We didn't have five five-star reviews this week, but I think we did have a few. So we'll look at those as well. Smashing. Don't forget, we're also on YouTube. So if you want to see interviews with the actors who play the characters on our beloved docudrama go on to youtube type in dum dum and you'll see interviews with the actors it's as simple as that and of course we shall be wishing a very warm welcome to our new members of our facebook group now dum dumers we slacked off last week after giving you somewhat of a compliment saying that we have quite a few dum dums in the vault stored up but come on we still need more it's a bit like gold bullion reserves in the bank of england you can never have too many so please get your penny whistles out get your banjos get your drums get your little children out get your grandmother out and get them all to do a rousing rendition of barwick green and you can do that by recording onto speak pipe so please keep them a coming but first let's look at the week in ambridge from our suey queen or tart Hello lovely people, it's Siri, Queen Otart on the Twitters here, and another week in Ambridge. This week's theme has been the breaking down of relationships. Brad went out for a pizza with Paige and then she dumped him by misdirected, accidentally on purpose text. Nolatando got dumped in South Africa on her birthday by her boyfriend and then texted her mum, Kate. Kirsty and Eric mutually dumped each other and then Eric dumped a bottle of Malbec on Jacob's kitchen floor. I think that was the worst one. Rex had a crisis with the narrowboat, no heating, and moved in briefly with Eric, worried about where Jacob's coasters were, and then ended up having to clear up wine, red wine. This led him to the village shop, and he became the first victim of Justin, in the who succeeded in selling him about £30 worth of cleaning materials. I do wonder what the hell Justin knows about cleaning materials. I suppose he could have absorbed it through osmosis from Lillian, but I don't really know what she knows about cleaning materials. Surely the Dower House has a woman who does every Tuesday. What does worry me is the impression this is making on Jimus. He succeeded in upselling wine and chocolate to Eric to atone for his sins against Jacob, prior to Eric flitting off earlier than expected. Leonard has fixed Tony's guitar, which did not go down well, using his Luthering skills, and is now taking up horology for Lillian's carriage clock. He and Tony are going to give it a bash. They really should set up a repair shop men's shed together. That would keep them out of mischief. And if they could get Brian there with them, he could stop interfering with the farm. He's currently anti the purchase of a drill that Stella has set her heart on, but 150k, she's going to have to work him much further. Eric and Rex worked together on the cleaning of Jacob's place and bonded over their brotherly tales, but it's not destined to be a long bromance friendship as Eric pushed off, leaving the keys and a thanks-for-having-me note for Kate. She tried to break the news gently to Kirsty, who brushed it off and said theirs had just been a quick flink. There's trouble ahead for Lee and Helen, 
as Lee's ex plans to move to California and take his daughters with her. Pat turned up for the second week in a row, wow, to put her two pennyworth in, and Tony chipped in to say the girls should have a say in what happens. Helen does not want them all to live together and remembered Greg's daughter from back in the mists of time. It's all going to be solved by Lee getting legal advice. For a minute, I thought we might get to hear Usha again, since it's legal, it must be her ballywick. But it sounds like he might have consulted an actual family lawyer. I know, it was shock horror. Or maybe Leonard is ready to give him the benefit of his paralegal experience. We'll see what happens next week. Till then, my lovelies, hope it's a good one. <laughs> it was a good one. I'm always about the village shop, and as far as I'm concerned... Best bits of the archers were all about the village shop. I don't know what Justin's game is. And two, our series point that why would a man like him, who's very obviously never put in a pair of marigolds in his life, know all that about cleaning things up, unless he is some kind of serial killer and he needs to clean up the evidence. That made no sense. However, <laughs> I love the upselling and I love the fact that Jim was learning at the hand of a master. Other than that, what else happened in the Archers last week? I, I can't, there was can't remember. so much. There was so much, really? Royfield. When you're mm. concentrating. I think we should, without any further ado, have a little bit of this. Hello, Ambridge3962. Before we get into the meat of things, why don't we do Francesca? Because she's out of sequence, uh, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, she, she is. called in last week, and I think events might have somewhat overtaken her. But anyway, let's just have a see what she says. This is Francesca, all the way over there in Cardiff. Hello, it's Francesca here from Cardiff. I've got a plot prediction. I reckon Kirsty and Eric, it's all going to go tits up, basically, isn't it? Kate's going to end up going back to South Africa because of Nolotando. And while she's gone, Kirsty is going to realise that she doesn't fancy Eric. After all, she actually fancies Jakob and their mutual love of animals and wildlife, blah 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 They're going to get it on. But that's going to happen. There we go. Oh, plot foundation, yeah. Francesca, so lovely to hear your voice. Yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been a long time. And we don't have too many Welsh caller inners, do we? No. No, we don't. So they're not really get Radio 4 over there in Wales. I think the ether is a bit mixed there. A bit so like basically, <laughs> the Radio 4 airwaves stop at the River Taff. Is that what you're saying? Or the Seven. Look at this, it's geography lesson. Is this Map Corner or Dum Dee Dum? What's going on? We love our maps, don't we, right? Well done. Just before we really get into the meat and potatoes of this week's Call the Winners, I did post a question last week to R. Marie Bray, and this is her reply. Good morning, Roy, Phil, Jacqueline and all dumdy dummers. It's Marie from Winchester saying hello to everyone. And Royfield, you wanted to know whether I play the piano for ballet classes or taught the ballet classes. I play the piano, been doing it for probably about 10 years now. And although I do 
plays the set music for exams, etc. Most of what I do is improvisational and my own compositions and I get very creative and quite often play along to what is happening, which happens a lot with the very little ones and it's great fun. It's been quite a week in Ambridge and poor old Brad, I really felt for him, reminded me of when my kids were sort of teenagers and all that horrible waiting for texts to come and oh they've only put one kiss or that emoji isn't the right emoji and it's been at least half an hour and I haven't texted back and I thought was it worse now than it was back when I was a teenager when you'd meet someone on a Saturday night and then you'd not go out for the next few days because you were by the phone hoping they'd call <laughs> it, oh it's tough being young I'm glad I'm the age I am it's much easier <laughs> so Justin and Jim in the shop that was brilliant I loved it absolutely loved it it for me it was like an old sitcom <laughs> And you don't get much of that these days. I thought it was brilliant. I really enjoyed myself when I was listening to that. Anyway, I shall send in my homework as well. Lots of love to all. Bye for now. So there you go. It's all cleared up. She plays the piano, but she has a whole load of creative latitude. And then she talked about the week in Ambridge of which the shop, best thing ever. And I'm including Lee and Helen. That shop was tip top top anything else pals next to it tell me i'm wrong madame berto no you're not wrong Wayfield. i absolutely agree with you yeah you're silenced aren't you yeah come on i gotta have a little bit more of a backwards and forth otherwise people won't be getting the money's worth on the podcast they won't let's move on to the next story and i'll talk about the next one. i've got lots of things i do disagree with you about how do you know? Um, I haven't even said what I think uh, about the last week in Ambridge. I know what you think, Royfield Brown. Really? Because I don't. I make half it up on the spot. I do know that as well. But <laughs> I have. <laughs> the shop thing, as you want, obviously want to talk about it, let's go back to the mm. shop thing. I can't decide whether I feel worried for Jim because he seems to be losing a bit of, a, a bit of his personality because he's handing over... Yeah, losing or is he learning? If he actually learned very quickly, didn't he? Because he played Eric for a good end. He um, did. He yeah. did. I know we're all socialist forward slash communists here that listen to absolutely listen to the art. Typical so, Radio Four uh, listenership, exactly. So all of us were horrified about the concept of upselling, but that shop used to be a proper going commercial concern, and it's not commercially viable but to save an asset to the community it became a community shop jim was very much the forefront of that and somebody comes in for something you should say anything else that you need etc could you do that could you do that if you were there listen i owned a shop for two years so yeah you can i'd find it very difficult Uh, i don't But, but you know what though but it's fundamentally just engaging in a conversation yeah. It's having a conversation. Somebody says, I'm going out for dinner tonight. I need a bottle of wine. And they're going to have red. I would say. You wouldn't go for Malbec, though. Malbec right. isn't even a proper wine. It's a cepage. It's a, but, but, but it's wait a, a minute. You're a saying grape. that because you're French and you're a snob. Come on now. No, I'm not snobby at all. Malbec's I don't like Argentinian, I... isn't it? Malbec is a grape that is used 
largely in Argentina. There that's you go. True. So, because... but in the Cacao region of France, also that's the main red wine producer is from a grape, a black grape, as they call it, is Malbec. But it's crap. It's harsh. <sighs> it's harsh. But I you know. What, I don't though? drink red wine. Oh my God, you just outing yourself as a wine snob are we outing yourself as just being french because no wine of any substance is produced outside of france is really what you're saying new no, world varietals are no good no, as far as no you're concerned <laughs> to australian <laughs> wines come on you're just being a snob now but the whole point is somebody came in to my shop and i know it's not exactly what was actually said but let's use the wine as an example somebody says okay. going out for dinner tonight i need a bottle of wine and i go for red I would say, why don't you have a bottle of white as well? Because then you've got an option. That's just standard. And then if you want to then upsell them and say, oh, do you want any, maybe some cheese and crackers type of thing? Nothing wrong with that. This is just having a conversation. And whether it's a community shop or a commercial concern, it's a shop. Okay. So you've outed yourself as a... Ruthless um, capitalist. A ruthless capitalist. And I'm sticking with the gen... Let's go with the flow, village person, and I wouldn't but be what, able to do what, that. What was ungentle? What was rough and ready about what I said? I said, have a conversation. Yeah, but you're exploiting people. So I think, it, no, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm with Jim oh before he God. turned. Listen, Jim <laughs> saw the sense of it. No, nah, he turned. Jim saw I'm disappointed the sense in of it. Jim. Anyway. I'm disappointed in Jim. Mm. Let's have a bit of glint because I can see this this podcast ain't going to be a good one today because you and me, you and I are at loggerheads already. All right, anyway, Glyn, let's try and rescue things, Glyn. Let's bring the temperature down. It's Glyn Fuller, love. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here calling in from a very frosty and slightly foggy Derbyshire Dales. Well, in the Archers this week, what's really caught my ear has been the Helen and Lee and girls story. I do have some sympathy for Lee. It sounds like Alicia has been planning this move for quite some time. If she's been out to California, scoping places to live. And she hasn't told Lee until he rang and asked about Easter. And that doesn't sound like great behavior to me. It's not surprising he's gone into a bit of a shocked and angry response initially. It would be nice if there was somebody in the immediate family who he could talk to, who could give him some advice on difficult custody battles. Is there somebody? Oh, what about Helen's cousin Alice? Or even her not-so-estranged partner, Chris? They've just had a difficult battle over Martha, but resolved it amicably in the end. But no one has suggested that Lee goes and talks to Alice or Chris, as far as I can tell, which strikes me as somewhat odd. But possibly entirely typical for what goes on in Ambridge. Anyway, next week we will find out what Jacob thinks of the stain in the grout, which he will no doubt spot when he gets back from the longest vets conference in history. But I shall just wish you all a great week in Dumpty Dumland. Thank you for the podcast and stay safe, everybody. Thank you, Mr. F. Lee. Yeah, Alicia, Helen, the girls. What says you, Berto? Obviously, Lee shouting and screaming at Alicia on the telephone was a real trigger point for Helen. 
Now, Helen's been through a hell of a thing with the Rob, the screaming, the shouting, blah, blah, blah. So hearing her partner, Lee, who's actually a very calm, normally lovely, he comes across as very bland to most of us. I don't think that myself. And there he was, screaming and shouting. Big trigger. But let's just put Helen's triggers just to one side now. If someone was to say to Helen, I'm going to reduce your access to her children. Yeah. And it came out of the blue. Yeah. If she shouted, well, that's a mother losing access to her children. Yeah. So considering whatever we think about Lee, whether he is bland, beige, boring, and I agree with all those things, no one's ever doubted his love for his children. Not that we hear yeah. that much of him talking about them too often. And this is a, in stark contrast to Brad and his father. Yeah. If your ex-partner, the mother of your children, who's the primary caregiver, turns around to you out of the blue and says, I'm going to the other side of the planet. I think we can forgive anybody for on the spot, in the moment, going, what the flying fuck? I think we can. Yeah, oh, I agree. Dare I say it, I have a bit of skin in this game because that's what happened to me and my kids. Yeah, I thought you would have uh, have a bit of an opinion on this one, Royfield. I think I applaud the archers and the scriptwriters for doing this storyline. Out of the pair of them, out of Lee and Helen, Helen is the more major character. Yeah, he's peripheral. Add on to Wait a Helen. Minute. Are it? you podcasting whilst eating? Yeah, sorry. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> unless it's Let a, me the a get or cheese. They're chestnuts. Chestnuts that have been... Glazed. Uh, dipped in sugar and send... And I'm not a sweet person. As you know, I don't like sweet, sweet things normally. Never but, a truer thing was said by you, Berto. I'm not a sweet person. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> um, but... Spicy. That's what right, you are. I like spicy mm. and salty. But I have a client. I've apt. Your tastes so match your personality. <laughs> You're a little bitch, aren't you? <laughs> now, but my client, one of my clients, has mm. given me this as a gift, and I put them on my desk. And here I am at my desk, and there's just one left. So sorry, they're finished now. I've finished. Finished gotcha. my own glass. Well, perfect. It tells you what uh, how comfortable you feel with the whole art of podcasting which is fundamentally about talking, that you can eat whilst <laughs> podcasting. Just saying. You're, I can, you're, he can eat and drink. I've even got a bottle of water. This is my second bottle of water. Goodness. Yeah. Back to Lee and Helen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All like, of my, my bodily functions. <laughs> yeah. Do to hear Lee and Helen. Right, Tell us what um, you think. What I think is everything that Lee has done for Helen and how well he gets on with her children, she has quite honestly said to her mother and to her father, she don't want to live with the kids. I don't think she can, though. Can you imagine her as a stepmom? But that's another thing. And I know she has form as being a stepmom. Early 2000s, it was all about her. And I forget if her name was Annette or something, but Greg's daughter. Greg's daughter, yeah, who was pregnant and lived in the flat above the shop, didn't she? And she did try whatever you want to say about Helen she did try and it was a difficult circumstance all round because Greg was a bastard her, her ex was a bastard and he'd committed suicide etc 
I just think that... I don't in think a... those are mutually... I don't think... I feel that you've said that wrong. That sounds Have really I? harsh. You said that sounds really harsh. No, he was, though. Greg. He was a bastard and he committed suicide, you just said. <sighs> oh, no, it sounds bad, Roy Fields. You know what? You are... Okay. Nobody liked him. No. Nobody could understand why Helen was with him. Pat and Tony didn't like him. Nobody liked Greg. Right. Difficult he, person. He was like Rob, but without the coercive control, in that mm. he was just malevolent. Yeah. Okay. It's an interesting uh, plot direction for the writers to take because somebody who was just unpleasant, but wrapped up in his own angst, then committed suicide. And even then, and no, and you're and you're completely right. I still had no sympathy for him. And I've just realised what I said, but nobody did. Who even remembers the character of Greg? No, but he's very difficult with it. Very much, very much there in the forefront of Helen's life. Exactly, he's very formative for Helen because Helen was so much younger than him as well. This yeah. is Helen's first yeah, significant that, relationship. He had teenage children and she was like in her early 20s yeah so they weren't that much younger than her no there was i know then there was the thing with the pregnancy with the one of his daughters wasn't that after mm. uh, yeah and it was all very traumatic but also i think helen is such a specific character in the way in which she's acts with other people the way in which she reacts with her children her and henry have this very special relationship Quite interesting. I think one of our colorinas said something about it. I've lost my notes now. One of our colorinas said something about that relationship, mm. uh, which I totally agreed with. Helen and Henry have funded through Rob, and mm. she would always be on his side. She would always absolutely be on Henry's side. So having a stepchildren in the house, yeah, I don't think she could do it. I don't think she'd do it in any normal, natural manner. But don't you... Oh, your partner, that. Now, let's just forget that Lee has two teenage daughters and they have the opportunity to go to sunny California yeah. as opposed to stopping in wet, damp Borsetshire because they don't live in Ambridge. Of course, any teenager is going to go, California, please. Put that to one side. I'm not sure, Royfield. I'm not sure. I know you're very California-prone. But imagine you're a, you're a Borsetcher High School or wherever I'm you gone. are. I, I if you're asking me personally, 14-year-old Royfield, I'm off to California. And 14-year-old Jacqueline Alberto would have been away as well. But a lot of teenagers are very comfortable in their surroundings. I get very, that. Yeah, very comfortable with their friends around them. And here you are ripping me away from my known places, my known friends, blah, blah, blah. They might not be quite as positive as you as you would think. I'm saying the average British teenager who's got any sense of the geography of the United States might go New York, Florida... Cali. California. Yeah. And I know the image that we have as Brits of California. Like, yeah, absolutely. Roller skating along the bayfront. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. There you go. I don't see how any typical average British teenager is not going to go, Borsetshire, sling one, I'm going all the way over to the Bay Area or to Los Angeles. It just feels glamorous. Anyway, but what I think is really interesting is that they're focusing in on 
Helen's angst, as much yeah. as Lee's initial distress and him yeah. trying to work out what his legal position is with all of this. That is brilliant. Because... I do. I think it's very clever, clever, very clever with the script and editor, script writers and editors because they're bringing back Helen's angst over stuff about parenting and blah, 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 and, ang- and the anger. But also, don't you at least owe it to your partner, whatever your misgivings would be, to not only say the right thing, which is what she said to his face, I'm yeah. with you, whatever, but actually to say, you know what, this man has taken me on and my children. He's a wonderful stepfather. The kids love mm. him. I need to support him. However, this inconveniences me because actually I came as a job lot. When he got with me, it wasn't just with me. He took on the role of being. Exactly. And that's what I think is great because we are seeing Helen and a selfishness. Yeah. I just think that's wonderful. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. You totally. I think the whole her selfishness, her vulnerability as a parent and what she's gone through. I just think we're seeing her wobbles, but it's we know where it's coming from, don't we? That's what's so great, isn't it, about the archers? We see, we know the things that have passed before, which not everybody does, I suppose. But yeah, just for what it's worth, when I was faced with this, and I had six, seven months. I got the, I'm thinking of going back home to Canada and I'm going to take the kids because things weren't working out for my kid's mum in in the UK. So it wasn't quite completely out of the blue and we saw each other on a daily basis. But I didn't really ever think it was going to happen. For five months, I didn't think she was serious. And when I realised she was serious, it gave me real pause for thought. Lee can... Not stop this, but at least take legal measures for Mm. the mother not to take the children. Then it goes to court and then the court will consider the child's best interest when making a decision, taking into account factors such as the child's relationship, education and welfare and the child's relationship with the father. If he's some kind of distant father, they'll be like, ah, go. So Lee can gum up the works here. Lee can stop this. Or at least postpone it. But it comes to a point when if there's going to be then a massive breakdown of the relationship between him and Aisha, then you say, is it worth it? And the one thing with me and my personal situation was, though I saw my kids every day because they physically live right next door to me. That's how close my children were. So me and their mother were not as estranged when we were not estranged, but we weren't together. I had that much access to the kids that it actually made the whole thing much easier for me. But the night before they went, I broke down in tears. I nearly had a fight with their uncle. I was all over the place. I would contrast that with Lee hearing and him shouting on the phone. Because we all know Lee's pretty placid, but it's your children. Mm. And... It's not as if you're hearing, they live in Borsetshire, Lee, and we're moving to Wolverhampton. You go, okay, this is the other side of the world. Yes, it's only 11 hours on the plane, but still, it's the other side of the world. And it came out of the blue. But you know what we should do? We Um, need to crack on with these things. 
Okay, now, good people, the best and easiest way for you to record a message or just to be a part of Dumpty Dum is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash Dumpty Dum. Don't forget the T in the middle, and you'll also find a link in the show notes. Or you can send us a voice note via WhatsApp on plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, folks, this is the People's Podcast put together by the people. So there are a few things that you can do to help the People's Podcast, which is put together by you, the people. First off, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to whatever podcatcher you're listening to the show And if you have an Apple device, why don't you give us a five-star review? That'd be hugely appreciated. We've had so many recently, but I don't know about you, Madame Berto, but I'm greedy. I am very greedy. We need more. We do. Now, finally, the third thing that you can consider is becoming a patron. Patron is a way of tipping creators like us, and there are different levels with different types of rewards. So if you just go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, we'd be tickled pink to have your support. Also, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit that donate button make a one-off donation so you can be like penny fletcher who's a sponsor of this show because she has become part of the whole kitten caboodle that helps financially keep this podcast on the road which is absolutely brilliant thank you penny fletcher so shall we go back to our calls Uh, i think we should Uh, but here's somebody else who shows us the breadth and the scope of the world that is dum-de-dum it's our with us being in the upper lower east west side Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Roy Phil, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I thought it was a very entertaining week with lots of storylines to ponder, so I'm going to offer quick comments about several of them. First off, I agree with Royfield. I would never go into a cold lake in the summer, never mind the winter. Give me 80 degree Fahrenheit and above. I like my water warm. That brings us to Eric, Kirsty, and Kate. Okay, I was wrong. Hands up. Who else was? Kate did not have a thing for Eric, continued to be happy, and was supportive of Kirsty. Will Eric be returning to the village, or was this a case of drink your brother's wine, break a glass, have a little nookie with a villager, and run? Was Kate happier because she was apart from Jacob? Is this relationship still in trouble? Next, Brad. Ah, the heartbreak of a first rejection by your first crush. And in typical Gen Z fashion, he found out about it via an errant text. And what of his prior interest in Mia? Where has she disappeared to? Perhaps better off he not get involved with a risk-taking eco-warrior. And what of the storyline with Oliver and the Night of the Hunt Ball? Has it been dropped? And so did Brad dodge a bullet? Or will it still come back to haunt? Item three, Brian and Stella. Brian was treating her like he treated Adam, a mere worker bee. Will Stella eventually quit? Will Brian finally step down completely as this segues back into the storyline of the future of Jenny? And then will Adam come back and run the farm with Stella? Finally, Helen and Lee, a little trouble in paradise. And I think it's just a little. First off, why would two teen girls prefer Ambridge to San Francisco? Come (laughs) on. Lee is acting like a bull in a china shop, and this is causing anxiety in Helen with good reason based on her history. But I think she's still trying to support Lee. Out of time. Talk to you soon. You're actually in sync with our natural 
No, our sports therapist. And did you see that there was an article in, in today's Guard? Uh, yes, basically, yeah. R.I.P. Wild Swimming, Nature's Cure All has thrown in the towel. All the supposed health benefits of swimming in, in this uncontrolled, wild expanse of water, not all the cracked up to be. And that's before you you find yourself swimming past raw sewage and all manner of nastiness, that actually the health benefits are wildly being overstated. Just saying, I, re- I recommend everybody go there. The Guardian. Oh, yes. You're ignoring the one thing. What if you enjoy it? You're nuts. What if you actually You're enjoy it? You need to have your bumps felt. And it's not extreme. about the health benefits. It's about enjoying what you do. We're never going to agree on this one, like many other things. Okay. Listen, one of the pull-out quotes in this article says, doctors are warning healthy open water swimmers about a condition that can cause them to drown from the inside. Good grief. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I'll say no more about wild swimming because not only is common sense telling us that, uh, please, don't do this, but also the Guardian. So there you go. That's a one-two punch. Come on, get it right. We get pulled up by people for using the wrong names. Madame Berto, I'm looking at this online. It's on theguardian.com. Yes, it was in the Observer newspaper, which is the Guardian online. Just saying. One-two punch is crazy, let's say. No more about it. Let us move right. on. Listen, now, Stella what did, what and Brian. Say? Yes, yeah, Stella and Brian. I loved that little bit of argy-bargy there between Stella and Brian. And I know that Richard, our intrepid international businessman, has things to say about that later. Loved the interplay between them. And Brian being slightly distracted. This is a real point of contention for Stella because it undermines her authority. But then Brian, on the one hand, is putting the blockers on it and then not really following through because he's slightly distracted. Anyway, Richard's going to say more about that later. Teenage love. Oh, so sad. He was so excited. But wasn't it lovely, the conversations with Chelsea and Brad? I think nice... we should, their relationship is really blossoming. We're really in danger of not only having making sure that Richard's got nothing to say, but also Miss Christmas because they yeah. talk about these. So let's go we, for calls. Yeah, let's go to Richard. But Mr. Spoon, as always, tip top. And anybody that agrees with me, a friend for life. Because that doesn't normally happen. Most people disagree with me on this podcast, especially one Madame Berto. But anyway, Richard, (laughs) over to you. I wonder where he is today. Richard here in Lisbon, Helen, Lee, Bryce and the teenage daughters and the custody certainly resonated with me. The anguish in Lee's voice was really genuine and raw when he... Faced Absolutely. the thought of them moving away. 20 odd years ago, I was in a similar situation. Not similar, but I stayed in Krakow in order to share custody and raising of my three kids. And I'm not saying I wouldn't have stayed were it not for that. But Lee did choose to move away from wherever they live. Also, Lee's ex-wife must be quite well off and rich if she's already, if she's been offered a visa and job in San Francisco. It's incredibly expensive there, $7,000 for a small flat. So those high salaries don't look quite so high when you take the cost of living into account and the traffic's appalling. <laughs> On that, that's all I've got to say. It's not Tony's fault. They need a mediator. Brian 
should have established with Stella the degree to which she can take decisions up to a limit normally in companies, including ones I'm involved in. There's a clear number above which the management has to consult the shareholders. He could argue more rationally with Stella about this and say, while he knows that a seed disk drill has reduced soil disturbance, it's more consistent with depth and spacing, it's more productive, can plant in rough terrain. There are air seeders, broadcast seeders, precision drill, yeah. planting equipment and no-till drills. And he wants to see an ROI return on investment calculation from Stella. Her arguments may be good, but they could be set out in an Excel and at least estimated. So Brian's got some sensible arguments rather than his bluster. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi. Thank you for that, Richard. And Absolutely. yes, this kids kids leaving the parent who doesn't isn't the main caregiver and going abroad. Again, the wonderful thing about the archers, we can always find something within our own personal locker which resonates. Yeah. And yeah, it's one thing. And actually, Richard did make a point made a point which i hadn't quite considered but i obliquely referenced you got we got to presume that lee and aisha and they separated lived in the same town whether it's i yeah. can ne- i get borsetshire and felpshire mixed up all the time like borsetshire borsester in general borsester right borsester in general borsester <laughs> and felpshire mixed up i just don't i don't have a picture of which is which to me they really are the same place you got to presume that they lived in the same town. And then Lee did move to Ambridge to be with Helen. But still, that is not the same as being, let's say, the other side of the country no. and or the other side Another, of the planet. Another world, yeah, yes, a yeah, world away. Yeah. But still, it was, it was, it was a fair point ju- just to throw up, Richard. And yes, and then the other thing is... Yes, I think we're realizing that what Stella doesn't have is exactly what Richard says. Some yeah. a figure, which is Stella, anything up to, I don't know, 
£30,000 you don't need to talk to me about or 15000 was whatever. But also, but Brian has been a bit picky about things, even about her going to the conference where she'd be networking, where she'd be... He was very picky about all that and I don't understand and I've not understand. I think I probably said a couple of podcasts ago that I don't understand why he's been so picky about stuff because what? he's trying to control her. But he did that to Adam. There was he that- did. There was that horrible, bad feeling between him and Adam for years. Years. And they've never got over it, have they? It's still there, basically. I think Brian is a classic founder of a business. Yeah. In that I've started Uh this and they can never really let go. Even though he's retired, Forza's semi-retired. It's a classic position where he's not micromanaging but he's getting in the way because as far as he's concerned, I built this business and I know best and blah, 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 yeah. and not realising. Don't go there with that money. Don't spend that money, although the arguments are all there. And in logically, he can surely see because Adam started the good soil management thing. Stella is carrying it on. And there we are. But believe me, I live with somebody who started a business 40-odd, 50 years ago. And he still goes to work every day. Can't let go. Can't, Can't let go. Let go. Poor Can't Brian. let go. Poor old Brian. Right. Anyway, Richard, thank you for that call. And also, thank the you for... The expertise is brilliant. Yes, but also trusting us with that, the yeah. experience of your children going and the sacrifices that you had to make to be a part of their life. So from Richard over there in Poland, we go to Miss Christmas, who's in Manchester. Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline. It's Miss Christmas here again. Just a couple of quick ones from me. I thought that Chelsea and Brad's relationship at the beginning of this week was absolutely lovely. And I get a feeling we're going to have some kind of makeover glow up story from Brad where he becomes the stud of Ambridge. I'm thinking like Danny (laughs) Zuko, Sandy and Danny Zuko at the end of Greece. And then secondly, I... I feel like at the moment in January, it's weird story time. Like, I completely forgot that Lee existed. The only thing I remember him having is Superman toys or something like that. And I didn't even know he had any children. And why would we care about his children moving to the US when we hardly know anything about him? Anyway, those are my thoughts on this week. Let me know what you think about a Sandy from Greece glow up for our lovely Brad. Hope you both had fantastic weeks. See you soon. Oh, Miss Christmas. So what do you feel about that call, Royfield? I really like that. And I'll tell you the reason why I really like it, because it would be interesting to see how George then reacts. If Brad, who he thinks has been somewhat lesser than him, not cool, he's a geek, he's a nerd, let's say in the next 18 months, blossoms, so to speak and doesn't become the stud of the village, but has some level of success with the opposite sex. Because we know that, at least we're set up to believe, that there's a budding romance between him and... Naya, Mia. Yes, I'm going to say that. Between him and Mia, right? that's just, they're ready to go, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. I was a bit of a weird teenager, so... You do surprise me. (laughs) 
So I probably remember weird adults as well. But I'm a weird predator as well. So there we go. But I feel that Brad has got a lot of potential. He's just got a different way of going about it from everybody else. I'm I, sorry I, for that girl that's dumped him because at least she's not the one from Loxley Barrett or wherever it was. I just hope that it's terrible being a teenager and having all oh, those yeah, hormones awful. rushing around your body and not <laughs> knowing where to direct them, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. And being tongue-tied and then having, and then when you manage to articulate the way that you feel, to have it not reciprocated. Yeah, difficult times. But Mm. let's go back to Miss Christmas's call because she also said the storyline with Lee is a bit of a weird one. She doesn't know any, where have you been, Miss Christmas? We know you're young and impetuous, but old age pensioners can tell you that actually the Lee getting together with Helen was a very intimate part of the story because she had no confidence in herself and he was very kind and very lovely with, with Giddy Jack, Henry, 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 oh God, the brain goes. And they, yeah, I thought we got to know Lee quite well as a superficial character, but superficial and that's a bit of a mix into it. I think, and I do disagree very slightly with Miss Christmas, I think you don't need to know the girls and to hear them to have empathy for a parent who the potentially... Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yes, I've got skin in that game. I went down that road just Richard did, but I just think on a... Just on a basic level, we know he's a committed parent. Yeah. We know And look at how he's taken on Jack and Mm. Henry. Yeah, he's really taken on the father role completely with them, going off, including even this week, in his angst about the situation with his girls, saying he promised Jack to go and read him a story. He's a committed dad figure, isn't he? He is. He is. Great father figure. And I will not have a bad word said against him. I like him as a voice as well, I have to say. I like his voice as an actor. I hear that. Now, what we should do is now go to Jen. People, if you hear me speed up, we're at one hour and we still have one, two, three, four caller in a (sighs) No, to be fair, we've done Francesca and we've done Marie. So we only have three. Maybe I can slow down a little. I don't know. Anyway, here's Jen. She's up next. Speed, speed up, mate. Speed up. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline and all in Dumdy Dumland. It's Jen here. Just calling in about the situation with Lee and his girls. First of all, disclaimer, of course, children should be the focus here. Their health and well-being and contact with both parents should be the priority. And yeah, absolutely devastating for him to have them taken to the other side of the world. That being said, ask yourself a question. What would it be like to be Helen Archer's stepdaughter? Yeah. <laughs> Moving the girls to California suddenly seems like the absolute priority if it comes to their mental health and well-being. Helen has her issues, many of them. She can just about cope with Henry and was a pretty obsessively good mother to him. Jack doesn't get a look in, barely gets a birthday party, first day at school went unmentioned, gets left in the goat shed half the time. Any stepchild they're going to be a very poor third and fourth. Any sibling arguments, we all know who's going to, who's coming out on top there. Henry will get what Henry wants and that will be final. Otherwise, Lee's life will be made hell. She really didn't connect with them the few times that they've been over. You also have to question how good a father was Lee. Somebody who had that many dolls still in their boxes 
with two little girls. Many questions that we don't know about him. We don't know why they got divorced. We don't know what kind of a partner he was. And his reaction, yelling abuse at his partner and then having a massive tantrum. Yeah, maybe not the best. So anyway, many questions to be answered. Hopefully they'll work all of this out. But frankly, I think if those two girls can get themselves away from Misery Farm and picking leeks and soup and off to sunny California with a great tech job, happy days. Oh, she's harsh, mm. our Jen, isn't she? And we do know that he was collecting these action figures. Action which figures, yeah. I would call them an action figure. If they're in a box, I think you can call them an action figure. Though I understand someone would just call them a doll. I do understand that. but Yeah, I don't understand any of that kind of thing, so I'm just going to skim over that. Well, it's quite interesting, really, as Jen says, how good a father figure was Lee to those girls with his first wife. But now we know, as we've just said after the other call, Mm. he's a good father figure for those two boys, Helen's. Yeah, and, and also he's, whether it's a legal or arrangement or an arrangement just between him and Aisha, the mother of the children has allowed or at least acquiesced to him seeing them yeah. and the girls want to see him yeah so you've got chosen. to presume yeah you've got and they're at that age if they're teenagers now where legally they might have to see the dad but if they say they don't want to do it you can't no, drag they them they won't do it exactly no, not exactly teenagers don't so do that we've got to presume that he is and is actually a decent dad just whilst we are here because I know Jen sent in some recollections. Thank yeah. you to everybody who sent in their recollections so it can put together a special episode of listeners talking about their Archer's Vintage. So this is the time for you to get onto SpeakPipe and just say, hey, this is when I started listening to the Archers and why. And this is my favourite character. And here's a storyline that I've enjoyed the most. We're going to put together... If we get maybe about another three calls, I can then put together a special show, just like what we did around about Christmas time. So we need three more of you lazy buggers to pull your fingers out, get onto SpeakPipe, give us your recollections. We're going to call it My Archer's Vintage is going to be the name of the show. But I've got a sneaky feeling we're going to be putting out a rather long episode for next week's Dum De Dum anyway. Just saying, going to be lots of work for us both, Madame Berto. But now we're going to a very special Archer's listener. It's our Bernadette. Archers fan 2015 here again. Hello to Royfield, Jacqueline and all the Dumpty Dummers. Kirsty's a bit of a girl, isn't she? But you know what? Yeah. I approve. She's had a dreadful time. If she can have a bit of fun, even if he is a wrong one, as Royfield keeps saying, it's fun as long as she doesn't fall in love and get serious about Eric. Kate will be furious, as I've tweeted. I know Royfield doesn't do tweets anymore because she'll think she'll have the F, was it, feeling of miss, fear of missing out syndrome. But at least she's doing something with her daughter. Although I don't criticise Kate too much on those grounds because some people just are better mothers to adult children. Okay, I think that's all I've got to say for today. Looking forward to the meetup in April. Bye. Madame Berto. Why don't you just chat on about this? Because I've realised I need to do some background work very quickly on the old dum dums So give yourself a couple of minutes to witter on. <laughs> I'm good at that, Roy Phil Brown. 
Thank you very much for that call, Bernadette. It's lovely to hear your voice. I know we've chatted quite a bit on and off over the year, over the last year or so. I agree with you. Why shouldn't Kirsty enjoy a bit of a recreational time with our Eric? And I approve as well. She should go along and enjoy it and as long as she doesn't fall in love. Or everything that you said, Bernadette. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. We're hoping to get together in the same hotel, I hope. So we'll all be... We'll have to try and get that organised very soon, Mr Brown. Now, we do have a little bit of news. Myself and Cara, Dr Cara, from the Academic Archers, we did have half of a conversation last week more than half of a conversation last week. And we are subject to agreement from our respective other halves when it comes to the archers, Madame Berto and Nicola Hedlam. We can just about put together the, the dummy programme, so to speak. But as I say, I'm not unveiling that yet because I need to speak to Madame Berto. This is the very basic outline. The academic archers, they get together when they do their conferences on a Friday evening. Then obviously there is a Saturday and then they generally end their conferences with a a listener along on the Sunday morning. So they listen to the omnibus as a group thing. Now, this is going to happen at the Symphony Hall in Birmingham. So there's going to be two nights at a hotel and I will sort out discounted rates for that hotel. That hotel will be walking distance to the Symphony Hall and also the canals. We're going to have one night of discounted dinner as well, which I believe is going to be Saturday night. And then there will be a lunch, but that's not going to be formally part of the ticket. So you'll be able to have two or three different price points. Obviously, there's going to be the conference. Then there's going to be the Saturday, which will have the Dumpty Dum Live mashup. Then there'll be a dinner element. Then there's going to be hotel and discounted rates how exactly that program is going to be put together that's in the lap of the gods and in the lap of madame berto nicola headlam and for them to sign things off we haven't decided yet exactly the archers actors will be that will be on stage but there always is and they'll be part of the academic archers and also the dum-de-dum still got things to organize but i reckon madame berto with a fair wind, with a fair wind, I tell you, within two weeks, tickets could and should be on sale. That sounds very exciting. And I have to say, I'm doing a call out for people who stitch because I'm putting together a stitch along for the the whole weekend with an academic archers and dumpty dum theme with people signing things. If they don't stitch, they can sign can use it as a back cloth or we can use it as a thing we can even auction it off but I've put a few things together and I'm just hoping that people who enjoy a bit of stitching will be able to sit with me and in the evenings around the gin bottle and fill it all in with stitching sounds proper exciting so there you go folks there's going to be loads of things to see and do when you come to Birmingham for the mashup of the academic archers and the dum-de-dum party now that was bernadette hawks now we're going to go over to debbie wolf we're almost on the home stretch we've got debbie (sighs) then our claire asprey tell you what we're going to do let's have claire asprey and let's end with debbie because debbie's call is a corker not to say claire that yours isn't but you'll realize the reason why we can end with debbie 
Hey Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clubham here. A couple of things this week to think about Stella and the shop. Firstly, Stella. I really admire how she's standing up to Brian and goodness knows, didn't Brian demean Adam for years and years when he was trying to run the farm. But I wondered what was happening to that kind of committee or board for home farm the one where Ruth had to represent Rory until he was 18 it feels like Stella might not be a might what could go to that board and request clear remit or something or I don't know she just needs to understand where she has authority and where she doesn't and investment decisions might be a board decision depending on the scale of them I think 150,000 isn't massive for operation of that type so I don't know but obviously you won't hear the board because we're not hearing Jenny. But I think that wouldn't be a bad idea for her strategically. But I hope she keeps standing up to Brian because he needs to let, learn to let go, really, if he's appointed someone. Anyway, and then on the shop, I might be the only one. I do not understand why Justin is volunteering. <laughs> You're not I don't get his ulterior motive. I can't believe he would do it without an ulterior motive. And when it comes to choosing between Justin and Joy... What occurs to me is, why wasn't Joy doing this years ago? Joy's the kind of person would have put her hand up in the first three months of moving to the village. I can't believe this is the only time they've had a vacancy in all that period of time. First of all, it's completely mad that they wouldn't pick Joy. And secondly, it's completely mad that they wouldn't have had Joy in a year or two ago, even though I can see why it wouldn't be always good to work with her because she'd be quite high maintenance, I think. But anyway, that's my thoughts. Keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. Couldn't agree more with her. I've questioned last week, I think, the motivation for Justin. And why not Joy? Yeah, okay, she'll be a bit awkward for Susan to handle, but... No, sorry, I agree with Claire. And upselling is fundamentally just having a conversation. The empress of the upsell would be Joy. Yeah, she absolutely, absolutely would. She absolutely Mrs. would. Absolutely, you're right. Mrs. Positive, she would really go for it. And she, she would even up, she would even upsell without realizing that she's upselling because she's just having a conversation. Yeah. But anyway, Claire, awesome call. Yes, beggar's belief that Joy to ingratiate herself into the village didn't kick the door down as soon as she moved to Ambridge and demand to be in the shop. Anyway, Claire, awesome call. Now, Madame Berto. This call yes. is for you. Hi, Thank you, my this darling. is Debbie. I'm a first-time caller in the RA. I've previously sent a message in taking Royfield to task over scones and whether or not you put the jam or the cream first. Obviously, it doesn't actually matter which you put first. The only thing that matters yeah, is that the one that is the firmer consistency goes first because you <laughs> cannot spread something with firm consistency on top of something that's got a soft consistency. But this time, I'm sending a message addressed more to Jacqueline. Last week, you said on not once but on two separate occasions you referred to Jacob as Jacob. It's Jacob. It's although it's spelt with a J, it's Scandinavian. They do not have the J sound there. And in fact, I've got a friend who's got a partner called Jacob, and sometimes he introduces himself, and people will still then call him Jacob, even after he said, Hi, I'm Jacob. And I don't know, it just really gets my nut. People who don't say people's names properly. Jacqueline, imagine if somebody called you Jacqueline Bertho, because I know in French TH is pronounced as Berto. It is Jacob, but not Jacob. Okay, rant over. Best wishes to all Dumpty Dummers. 
Thank you, Debbie. I'm just checking my notes to check that I say your name correctly for that correction of me. If you were making, recording a podcast at 11 o'clock at night, after a very long weekend, sometimes things go wrong. And sometimes my brain doesn't work as well as it should do. And I, Mia Culpert, I said immediately after I'd said Jacob several times, it was just a complete slip. So I apologize for upsetting your sensibilities. I try to, I will try and work harder in the future. All right. Okay. Now, Madam Berto, do we have any email in us? Oh, we do. So I had one message. It wasn't quite an email, but I received a message on Twitter from Banks of the Am who said that they absolutely loved the episode with At Cara Courage from the Academic Archers and that the meetup sounds great. But Royfield, mm. you can't just tease the, us that you have a dating expert, Brother Royfield, and not give us more details. Think of all those single dumpty dummers. i tell you what, I'll make sure... Actually, he gonna he's going to be in Brazil. It's going to be oh, in Brazil. I'll tell you what, he actually did go to the last live show and he was a little bit of a hit. So everybody worked out who he was because they said he looked like me, but is a much better version. He's completely <laughs> in tip top shape and created a little bit of a stir. If you're a dumb dumb went to the last live show, which is what, 2019, you would have had a, li- a, a little touch of, uh, of my brother. But if he's not in Brazil, but I think he's not coming back till June, we'll get him to come along. Just tell us what's his name? Kieran. Kieran Brown. We shall look forward to hearing from him in the future. There you, there go. you go. Now, we've done email rinners. Goodness, that was quick. Right, now, now, quick. now let's hear what our Facebook party have been talking about on the dumb dumb Facebook group with our Katie. Hey up my ducks, it's Katie here, at Katie Peeland on Twitter and Instagram. The most discussed character this week was Leonard. Rob Williams declared he's starting to go off Leonard, and Peter Bradford replied with the crossover we've all been waiting for but didn't know it, when Leonard can't fix the clock and has to go to the repair shop. Huzzah! Kate Lyle lined up Leonard's next project, making the new stained glass window using glass from the Bulls recycling bin. Then Jane Durnley, also Allwood, backed up Leonard and his helpful ways and said he reminded them of their granddad who could fix just about anything and everything and didn't like the Leonard bashing. I agree, he seems a good egg and part of the good make-do-and-mend generation. Laura Jackson discovered another skill of his, a cobbler, as he was spotted on Born and Bred, which happened to be written by one of the Archer's scriptwriters. Hmm, a tangled web indeed. Now on to Helen, Lee and the girls. Our Witherspoon pointed out it's funny that Alicia got offered a job in California just as Microsoft announced a layoff of around 15,000 workers, yoink, but he also pointed out our Royfield could help them settle in. Rob Shosh pointed out that the typical Archer's way of discussing a complex legal problem with anyone and everyone instead of consulting a qualified person, and he speaks from experience. On to other news. Sally Lobb is concerned for the young men of Ambridge and their relationships with women and wondered if we'll have an incel-type storyline. Hope not. Michael Duffy asked if Eric could be the new owner of Grey Gables. Sadly not, but I agree. We must be due to find out soon. Amanda Kitely asked if anyone has a map of Ambridge and I posted a photo of my slightly out-of-date Ordnance Survey one to the group, just in case anyone wants to see it. Louise Lawton shared a piece from the Radio Times about Madeline Leslie, who plays Chelsea, and her involvement with All in the Mind. 
Adam Thomas said the words we're all fearing, that Jenny might not be returning from her spa break with Lillian. I really hope not, but I think you could be right. Richard Lucas shared a really interesting post about disc drilling. Well worth a read. As usual, welcome to the newbies. Make yourselves known. Settle in with a cuppa and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta-ra! Katie, thank you for that. As always, tip-top, erudite, smashing, tight, breezy review of all things on Facebook. Now, if we're talking about Facebook, Madame Berto, we should be talking about our new members. Who are they this week? Yes, this week we've had two lovely new members. So let's wish a very warm Dumpty Dum welcome to... Shauna Conker. And Elizabeth McQuacken. Now, reviews, yes, folks, we've had three, I tell you, three five-star reviews this week. This one was entitled, Joy Isn't Just an Archer's Character. It's a podcast, too. Love this engaging and fun look at the goings-on in that wonderful docudrama, The Archers. And that's from Pope Verderi via Apple Podcasts, and they are in Great Britain. The next one's entitled Fantastic Podcast, five stars. Sorry it's taken so long. I couldn't work out how. Stumbled upon the show by accident. I love The Archers. And as the only listener in the household, despite being married to a farmer, I love that there is a podcast completely devoted to it. Thank you, Royfield and Jacqueline. You make me laugh out loud. My only criticism is that there aren't more per week. Keep up the good work. And that's from AJ Genieman via Apple Podcasts in Wyoming, Great Britain. Now, this one is a real... I feel like I've been slapped with this one, but you are the star of this one. You're the five-star person. It's entitled Royfield Makes the Real Fun. So what am I? What am I? There is a clear sense of community and caring around what would otherwise be without it a boring 50s rural farming audio drama. Because Royfield makes the party and all the party favours, I may even drop listening to the actors altogether and only listen to the programme. And that's from one blind user via Apple Podcasts who is in the US of A. So there we go. Thank you for that lovely review. Now, we can be found on Twitter under the name of at Dumpty Dum. We always include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your opening for the tweet along, both in the evenings and during the omnibus on a Sunday morning. I can be found at Jberto Sanguan, but Royfield doesn't do Twitter. Please try and include at Dumdum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps keep our community growing. Now, if we're talking about Twitter, you know what I'm going to say next. It's time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Roy Fields, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. On Twitter, a thread I'd suggest taking a look at for its uh, comments is summed up by a poll posted by Ambridge Pony Club. Is Kate or Helen a worse mother? I rather like the summing up by ungoogleable at all underscore sweetness. Neither are great mothers, but Helen is and always has been horribly selfish and completely self-absorbed, whereas Kate is feckless and reckless by nature. And now to the medals, with thanks as ever to those who tag at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best one. In bronze position, it's Sue at Tartan Mog. 
Tony may have tiny screwdrivers for fixing trains, etc., but he just threw a huge spanner in the works. In silver, it's Ronnie Tropic, at underscore no name again. Lee pops into the shop for a bar of aero. After chatting about his ex-wife to Jim and Justin, he leaves with a chainsaw and an axe. And in gold, a return visit for Ian Loves Kernow at Kernow27. It's like Kate has leap children. Every four years, she remembers an extra one. That's it for this week. See you all on Twitter next time. Now, folks, as well as the old Twitters, we're also on Instagram. So get over onto Instagram. If you like a bit of Instagram, type in at dumdydum and you'll find dumdydum on Instagram. And thanks as ever to all our contrib- contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, the lovely Lucy B. Freeman. Boom. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.